You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our program here this morning on uh, Monday, the 19th of July. This is a uh, tape recording uh, program here this morning, so we're actually doing this on Friday, but uh, we'll air it, uh, like I said, on Monday the 19th, so hope everybody had a very good weekend. And uh, we have a very good show today. It's taped, but it's going to be better than ever when it's taped. That's what they're telling me. So we're very fortunate today. We have uh, three guests. I'll just kind of run through the lineup here, I guess, first thing. Uh, in the morning, and then we'll get to our topics. Uh, the first topic that we're going to be discussing is we're very fortunate to have with us in studio an attorney for the Thomas More Society. His name is Thomas Ulp, and he's been with us before on other subjects that is that are escaping me at this moment, but I know he's been on this program, and I know we've talked about other matters, and I got a hunch it's about a religious liberty-related matter. So uh, Thomas is with us in studio, and we're going to share uh, the mic with uh, Steve Roach, who is the director of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Springfield. And we're going to talk about a very important Supreme Court case, uh, Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, that came out recently. Uh, then we're going to jump uh, subjects, and we're going to talk to one of our colleagues in Washington, D.C. His name is Greg Schepenbach, and uh, he is the uh, individual responsible at the Bishop's Conference for the advocacy and the policy work on pro-life activities. And as I'm sure uh, most listeners or watchers will know, that uh, there's a very important issue pending before Congress. Uh, it relates to the Hyde Amendment, uh, Henry Hyde, the person who it's named after, hailed from Illinois. And uh, there's some threats to the Hyde Amendment. We'll talk about what the Hyde Amendment is, what it means, and what you can do about it uh, at the second segment coming up about 8.20, 8.30 or so. And then finally, we have a very interesting segment to close out the, the program. I'm sure most have been following in the news at some level the recent developments in the country of Cuba. And interestingly enough, uh, in response to what's been going on in Cuba, uh, four bishops in the United States have written a letter uh, urging uh, all of us to A, to be aware of what's going on in Cuba, and B, to um, help with some humanitarian assistance. And so we'll be talking to a reporter who had a very interesting story in uh, the National, uh, the Catholic News Service, and uh, we'll be going over what that letter said and what we can do uh, to respond to the humanitarian crisis that's under the way right now in the country of Cuba, so our prayers are with them. So uh, that's the show, that's the lineup. Um, third guest will be coming on about 8.40 or so. Is it, no, is it 8.40? Yeah, okay, so we're taping this, so I'm on, my times are all, uh, all next up. I think it's 8.40. If it's not, it's about two-thirds of the way through the program. Uh, so without further ado, let's jump into our first topic. Uh, like I said, uh, with us in studio, we're very fortunate to have Thomas Ulp. He is an attorney with the uh, Thomas More Society. And also, uh, I, I can't say on the line anymore. I guess I can say via the miracles of technology that I am not able to describe. We have Steve Roach with us, who is the director of Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Springfield. Steve, can you hear me? 
great. Well, I can't hear you necessarily, but that's okay. I think you said great. It's good to be with you. I can read lips now. I'm that good. Uh, and so there we go. Uh, either you were monitored off or Zoom or something like that. But anyway, it's it's good to uh, see you and uh, hear your voice again. And with us in studio, we have Thomas Ulp. As I said, he's an attorney with the Thomas More Society. So, uh, Steve, maybe we could just sort of start with you. Uh, you were director at Catholic Charities when uh, I believe it was Governor Quinn made the decision not to uh, place. Uh, he he was going to forbid us from contracts, I believe it was, if I recall what the the policy issue was at the time. And uh, so basically, the state was saying is we're not going to contract with you guys anymore because of our religious values. And I know you were involved with that uh, decision and advocating for changes in the law in Springfield that were unfortunately not successful. And also, you did some work at the national level about uh, advocating and making more people aware, really for the past 10 years, uh, what happened here in Illinois and hopefully that it would never happen again. So take us back like 10 years ago. Tell us kind of what the environment was 10 years ago and, and what happened. Then we'll turn it over to the to the uh, court decision here. Sure, Bob. Uh, going back 10 years, um, the genesis of the conflict really started with the uh, passing of the civil unions uh, legislation here in Illinois. And within the context of that, um, uh, within the context of that new law, uh, we had had concerns regarding our religious liberties and the ability for Catholic charities to continue to carry out um, its contractual programs with the state, um, but also be able to maintain our um, religious identity. And unfortunately, the people who were um, forcing this conflict upon us at the time really did not um, uh, desire for compromise whatsoever. And the end result was that uh, Catholic Charities across the state of Illinois was forced out of foster care, um, displacing 3,000 children, um, and also destroying a mission of caring for abused children that has been a part of the Catholic Church for well, uh, for as long as anyone can remember. Um, so uh, that was really kind of a short synopsis of what happened. With that. Yeah, and I, I remember that well because the legislation we were trying to pass was just the the statutory authority would allowed us just to refer somebody to uh, another agency if, if if they felt or we felt they we couldn't meet their needs, and even that was 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 turned away. That was really, I think, the the heartbreaking part of this is that, I mean, a lot of times with the religious liberty cases, there's a way to. To, to honor uh, entity or an individual's religious light, right? Yet also uh, allow the person who's petitioning for the service or something to also get their way. I mean, there's ways to do this, and unfortunately, we were just kind of shown the door. Yeah, absolutely. Again, there was just no room uh, for compromise whatsoever in the minds of the people that were uh, forcing this on us. And that's, you know, the end result, the tragedy is, is the impact on children. And that's so, really... We got lost in the focus of it, all this. Um, it did. It did. And I know you've spent a lot of time the last 10 years. I know you've done things in Washington, D.C., and I think you've tried to, to respectfully keep the issue out there that Illinois was, was negatively impacted. Like you said, 3,000 kids no longer receive services from Catholic Charities. Ironically enough, I just saw a news story over the uh, last day or two where DCFS now is using its 
office space to house children because they don't have the mm-hmm. providers to provide care. And I, I was watching this, and I said to my wife, I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. Catholic Charities got kicked out of this, and here we are. We're using office space now to provide, but that's a whole other subject. But anyway, I mean, so you've been really involved the last 10 years trying to keep this issue out there, you and many others. Um, and, and it looks like, you know, uh, finally, it looked like litigation was, and I know we tried litigation here, uh, but it wasn't successful. But ultimately, it did, it did sort of prevail. So tell us a little kind of what you've been doing the last couple of years just to kind of keep this issue out there. Well, it's, a, it's certainly um, a lesson to be learned in Illinois, and it wasn't something that was uh, unpredictable. What we said would happen did happen, and that is um, it exacerbated a crisis in foster care where there just aren't enough homes for the children that need them. And as a consequence, children languish in psychiatric hospitals and incarceration and get bounced from home to home and really get cut loose from the system at 18 with no resources and no families whatsoever. So that's a tragedy that happens every day. And um, so um, this issue started going from state to state after Illinois, again, as we predicted, and uh, the ACLU began bringing cases state by state to try and again, affect the impact, uh, the same impact that they did here in Illinois, which is basically to to destroy faith-based organizations that uh, refuse to recognize that um, marriage is something beyond a sacred union between a man and a woman. And uh, so I've been called and asked by various states and entities to come in and provide um, uh, expert testimony to what happened here in Illinois and why it's uh, it's a bad idea to continue this trend. Um, It ultimately culminated in the Supreme Court case of Fulton um, versus uh, city of Philadelphia, which is a very, very similar situation to what happened here in Illinois, but that case got to the Supreme Court, and thank goodness there was a a common sense ruling that was based in the best interest of children. Which is a good segue to our, our, our next guest to talk a little bit about. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because both of you guys were really kind of involved with this from the outset. Um, Thomas Moore, I think so listeners know, uh, represented, I think it was three Catholic dioceses that took suit in the state of Illinois to try to provide some relief. Unfortunately, we weren't successful. Right. Uh, the judge kind of ordered, well, you know, I, I remember that hearing. I think, Steve, you were there, too. And the judge kept saying, "Is like, well, show me in the law or show me anywhere where the state has to contract with you for these services. And that was kind of he sort of approached it that way. But it looks like others. I, I mean, that was the one nice thing about our our system is that if you don't get relief in, in one forum, you can petition others. And it looks like that's been happening really for the last 10 years or so. Um, Thomas, tell us a little bit about. So now, Thomas Moore, we weren't successful here in Illinois, but that doesn't mean we gave up. I think you guys were involved with not only Illinois, but other states as well. And then we get to Fulton versus City of Philadelphia, which turned out to be uh, a, a good decision for us, but not great. It could have been better. But tell us a little bit about the decision yeah. in Philadelphia. Take us from there. Yeah, uh, Steve and I worked on an amicus brief that we filed in the Fulton case, and uh, we were basically pointing out what happened in, in Illinois and essentially that uh, you, know, you don't accomplish anything. You harm children when mm-hmm. you uh, eliminate foster homes, and, and there's, it's like a zero-sum game. You, you don't get anything for it. And th- that was one of the things that the Supreme Court said in the Fulton cases. They said, hey, the, the Catholic, social, Catholic Social Services in Philadelphia has been around for a century and has done so much good and it just doesn't make any sense to, uh, for the purpose of ideology yeah. to throw them out. So uh, 
so the decision that was made, it's a 9-0 decision. So Justice Roberts um, is interested in, you know, <laughs> unanimous decisions if he can find them. But right. he had to sacrifice, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a reevaluation of the free exercise clause as mm-hmm. a result of that. And Justice Alito uh, basically came down hard saying, hey, you know, the, the uh, Employment Division v. Smith case, which was from 1990 and kind of turned around the law, is wrongly decided. Ironically, it was Justice Scalia that wrote that decision. Uh, but, but uh, you know, the, the Supreme Court's got to deal with these issues, and it hasn't really effectively dealt with it in, in, the, in this case because, because it did not override this uh, Smith decision. So, uh, you know, to use a baseball term, so we, we kind of got a single. We, we, we did well. I mean, we got on base here, but we got to right. bring the runner home eventually. And I, I the, think what you're saying is, I mean, it took 10 years from, it was 10 or I forgot the time frame. But, uh, you know, when what happened in Illinois and other states as well and other localities to get this far with the U.S. Supreme Court, which is good. I mean, a win is a win. Yeah. You always take a win. But I think what you're saying is that the way that decision was was written, it is somewhat narrow, and they really need to come back at some point and decide what is the law with regard to expression of religious liberties. And Right. The, the Smith case basically says, as long as you treat everybody equally, you can discriminate, you can... Uh, you can uh, Call religion, religious exercise to task, mm-hmm. and and the other theory is, hey, no, a religion, religious exercise should be treated like, a little bit like free speech. There should be a space carved out for religious exercise that the state cannot intrude upon, mm-hmm. and that's the big uh, uh, debate that's going on right now. And and Justice Alito basically said, hey, you guys are thro- kicking the ball down the road or the can down the road. You're not really dealing with this real issue, and all you're doing is telling states and, and government how to, you know, discriminate again in the next case, i.e., eliminate all exceptions. Basically, the, uh, Justice Roberts said, hey, listen, if you're going to create exceptions for secular reasons, you've got to have a darn good reason why you can't give an exception to a, a, a religious reason. And basically, he said— there were exceptions per possible, even though none had been given. Mm-hmm. But the law provided exceptions in Philadelphia. And so he said, well, then if you, if you make it possible to get an exception from the general rule, i.e. don't discriminate, then you have to, you have to show a compelling reason mm-hmm. and narrowly tailored uh, mm-hmm. means for, for denying that true uh, religious uh, exercise. And you haven't done that. And it was more than Alito. It was Alito, and I think it was Kavanaugh, and it was Gorsuch the third that joined that. It was Thomas Alito and Gorsuch who basically said, "Hey, let's overturn Smith. It's time." Yeah. And and Kavanaugh and Barrett, they decided not to. Yeah. And right. And and Roberts basically got all the liberals to join in, in the party. By by saying okay, we won't get rid of Smith. Now you have stare decisis, right? Right. Which is even wrong decisions. It's hard to get rid of them, and you know you have stability in the law issues and that sort of thing. Alito dealt with all that. There were over a hundred pages of decisions of of, of opinions here, and uh, anyway, Alito c- covered the waterfront, but he couldn't get Barrett and Kavanaugh 
or Roberts to join. And so yeah. it, 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 was, it came down the way it did. Are you an optimist then? Because there are other cases, I'm sure, that are pending out there that deal with this topic. If they're not, there will certainly yeah. be. We're involved in one in Kentucky, Sunrise okay, uh, Children's so Services. There's one, in, as Steve mentioned, in, in South Carolina. So, and, and the same issue is involved in a lot of other cases. The Masterpiece Cake uh, cake uh, right right is, is an issue yeah, yeah. and it, it, just a comment uh, uh, William McGurn in the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal, Journal. Uh, mm-hmm. mentioned he, he quoted Andrew Sullivan and he said Andrew Andrew Sullivan said hey listen the liberals won the culture war by saying live and let live and now they're saying we no. won't let you live we're, we're gonna destroy you mm-hmm. if you don't toe the line yeah and and yeah. Andrew Sullivan said that's totally inappropriate yeah and so let's live and let live that's really what the Supreme Court said here yeah and and we need to keep pushing that so that religion either get it overturned like Alito said or at least push the live and let live principle. Mm -hmm. Steve, since the decision came down 10 years ago, I know you at Catholic Charities in Springfield and and the other dioceses throughout the state have have moved away from the provision of state-funded or state-contracted foster care and and adoption now for the most part, I think. think. Um, And I know you've gone into other service needs. And I think, you know, we've said at the time, and I think we've continued to say, is that society has a lot of needs. So Catholic Charities will always be there to help meet those needs, whether it be it uh, for children um, you know, children in the foster care system or, or any other site, you do still uh, provide some services through de- for this Department of Children and Family Services and senior services and, and homeless people, et cetera. Um, are you at all concerned about the narrowness of that decision, um, or do you think that you are uh, in a decent spot as it comes to religious liberties right now? I am concerned um, with the narrowness of the decision, and I think even Judge Alito, in his opinion, um, referenced Illinois and other states, saying basically this decision provides no relief or really no direction for those agencies in Illinois and the other states where this fight has has taken place. And so, you know, as Tom was saying, um, really, and Judge Alito outlined in his opinion, basically all the city of Philadelphia has to do now is go back to those contracts, take out the exception clauses, and kick Catholic Charities out again. Right. And, and if that's what the decision was based on, those exception clauses is what triggered strict scrutiny. It was left unanswered whether or not that the, the ruling would have been in our favor if it hadn't triggered strict scrutiny. But um, uh, for us here in Illinois, all the state has to do is ensure that the, the contracts they have have no exception clauses. If they don't publicly attack um, uh, Catholic charities or, or, or um, other religious agencies, in other words, target, mm-hmm. you know, get the impression that they're targeting, as long as they do those things, keep their mouth shut and take out the exception clauses, we really would have no way back in. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So this doesn't, I mean, like I said, a win is a win, and it's always good that that we came down on on the right to side because an alternative decision would have been a disaster. But I think what you're both saying is that, yeah, religious liberties kind of lived for another day. We're going to plan for another day, so the threats are still out there. Uh, And it seems to me that the the, the authorities could easily change uh, policy, ordinances, or laws and our our rights would be swept away with those changes. One point Alito made, which I think is good, is he said, hey, we're very vigorous in protecting for the First Amendment uh, free speech. 
And that's the First Amendment. Well, free exercise is in the First Amendment, too. Right. How is it that we wouldn't vigorously right. protect right. free exercise of religion? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting, too, that I, 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 I don't know. You're, Thomas, you're probably more of a court watcher than I am. I'm kind of just a spectator when it comes to these big, high-profile decisions. And I think what you said is very accurate about Robert's way he seemed to operate the court, which is wanting consensus and unanimity if he can get it. And what does it take to get unanimity? So it's usually the least common denominator. And it right. seems like what they did here. I think it's an interesting open-ended question as to where are Kavanaugh and and uh, Barrett, uh, Judges Kavanaugh and Judges Barrett, because they just, they're very new to the court. And a, a different set of facts, I, I, it's an open-ended question as to where they would come down, right? I yeah. think so, too. Yeah. But yeah. but basically, there's going to be a whole string stream of cases going back up to the Supreme Court because they didn't really decide this. Is the masterpiece, the, the, the cake baker out there uh, in there's Colorado, another, the, is he the next one up again? Well, well, he's yeah, the district court ruled against him in a, regarding a transgender case. So, right. So in other words— the court's opinion and, and masterpiece cake didn't solve the problem. It's coming back again. Right, right. So you have this issue of live and let live versus t- uh, total ideal, uh, ideological, uh, you know, tyranny. Really, is yeah. what it boils down to. Well, um, it's keeping entities, public interest uh, law firms like Thomas More very busy. That's true. <laughs> so it's the, 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 it's good for you guys in that way. Is there's plenty of work. Uh, I think the downside is that, as as Steve has indicated, it's really sad a tragedy that Catholic Charities is not involved in this line of service delivery. It has been for, I mean, what, 100 years? I mean, who knows how long? And right. It's a sad thing. And like I said, as I was watching that news story the other night, it just seems so obvious to me that, you know, here the state is still struggling to find foster care and adopt, foster care homes. They're putting kids in the residential uh, office buildings temporarily. And it wasn't, I mean, they showed the shots. Uh, it wasn't temporary. These kids have been there for a while. And it just makes you wonder, like, what if we were still involved with that? Would that be the case anymore? I would say no, it would not be. But, you know, we'll never know the answer to that, unfortunately. And, Steve, I think that story was on Channel 20 in Springfield as well last night. I, I heard it made the news down there as well. The, the fact that yeah. it was a 9-0 decision, though, is, is a good right. good thing in, in one sense that hopefully the society is being told, come on, live and let live. Yeah. Uh, so maybe our case, for example, down in, in Kentucky with Sunrise Children's mm-hmm. Services will go our way now. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I'm sorry, did you have one of the closing words, Steve? No, I was just going to say uh, we were aware of that. Uh, that I was aware of that new story, and it's it's really been going on for for uh, a long time. And uh, again, that's I think the focus um, was lost, and the focus should have been all along that the adults in the room got together and decided yeah. what was in the best interest of the kids instead of pointing fingers at each other. Yep. And um and being attacked and, and attacking back, and it, this just things just seems so unnecessary and if people really understood the plight of these children 19,000 kids that are in the DCFS system where they come from the abuse they suffer the trauma they suffer day after day after day no one would think it would be a good idea to destroy great foster care resources so I remember I, you kept you know, saying that on the plight of the kids. yeah I remember you kept saying that let's look at the best interests of the kid the best interest of the kid. <laughs> and like nobody would listen to us but we tried uh, we did try as many times and you guys um, God bless you guys both uh, you've been in this for the long haul it's been over 10 years and you're still going at it and it looks like you got still more to go yeah. Thomas thanks for coming in really we appreciate it Steve thanks always thanks much. for taking some time great segment guys uh, let's uh, take a quick break here we'll come back and we'll have Greg Schuppenbach on uh, for the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. This is Bob Gilligan. Don't go away. We're right back.